Welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm still Craig McLeod and you are... I am excited. I'm excited this week because we have a very special guest, a very, very special guest, my very good friend, head of football program at St Kilda Football Club, the uh, the little-known football guru, as he was referred to in The Australian not that long ago, Dave Rath. Welcome, Dave. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, John Craig. Good to be here. I don't know whether that means little and known or little known but anyway we can work it out <laughs> let's go with the uh, let's go with the um the former maybe i don't know which one whichever one works best for you yes <laughs> yeah 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 well and um and at the end of this uh at the end of this podcast dave you'll be um you'll be little known <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about our podcast mate you're saying we've got no listeners i'm saying we've got four listeners in the united states and god knows how many we've got in uh in a in australia we've got a couple in new zealand i believe yeah and um you know vladimir putin he's got his family ear. doesn't count family doesn't count john <laughs> of they count, Dave. what do you mean that, how do you reckon we got four in america ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant very nice very nice um i'm going to um I'm going to I'm going to kick off uh, just a, a, a bit Dorothy Dixon really. Um, uh, you have just come out of uh, seven years of uh, uh, lockdown two up in um, mm. up in Queensland. Uh, well, it must have felt like seven years, I guess, uh, with the with the St Kilda Football Club. How did that go for you? I roll went really well. I think we got a we got a really good result out of not only the season but also that aspect of it. We we made a deliberate decision to try and embrace it. Um, yep. Knew it'd be tough, but knew it was going to be tough for everyone, and we wanted it to be, um, I suppose, less tough for us than it was for everyone else. Um, and sort of made a deliberate decision to embrace that, um, you know, that adversity. Um, took a bit of an anti-fragile concept that we we sort of used through the whole. COVID process, I suppose, this season with our players to try and use it as an opportunity to grow through adversity. Um, and, and I think we have leapfrogged a few teams in that process. So, you know, overall it worked well for us. There's no doubt there were periods where it was trying um, and we were living in, the, in each other's laps and got to see, you know, warts and all, how everyone responded, you know, 24 hours a day when usually you get players and coaches together you know, for five or six days of the week for limited periods of time. But this was obviously um, the inability to escape was was a challenge at times, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. The cohesion of the club, sorry, J.D., the cohesion of the club in the 2020 season, I thought was extraordinary. It really looked evident on the field. And obviously I wasn't privy to what was going off the field, but it really did look like a a cohesive unit to me. I'm a big footy fan and, and, and really did see a lift from the Saints. And I think you're right. I mean, I really feel the leapfrogging uh, of those sort of teams, you know, sort of from what was it, eight down to sort of ten. I really feel that it was, you know, that that almost into the eight kind of kind of feeling in, in the club. And I really feel it's a springboard for next year too. I'll be excited to see how they how they perform. But it really seemed connected to me. Yeah, and I think that sort of connections are pretty contemporary theme in footy, you know, yeah. Richmond have, have thrived in, in driving that. And there's an, an, a number of clubs have tried to own that space, I suppose. But we realise that relationships are fundamental to everything we do. Um, and we've got a coach who that, you know, wears that wears his heart on his sleeve with, with that sort of stuff. So we've got an advantage in that sense. But we also, you know, we, well, I know we'll talk about strategy, but we were strategic in that sense. And we tried to invest in getting the players to understand what our story was and where we were um, and how we could, you know, grow together so yeah we put a fair bit of work into that yeah I like, um, 
I like that sense that Brett Ratton wears his heart on his sleeve. I don't think he does. I think he's got a big neon sign on his back. I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think anyone has any trouble reading he's what he's saying. What an absolute legend of the game. Uh, su- such, a, such a great man and I really like the values that he brings. Yeah. And as I said, I, I think, you know, it, it comes from the top. But, um, Jada, you were going to chat strategy, which I think is where you were headed next. I, well, I'd love to talk strategy, but Dave mentioned one of my favourite words, the, the story. I'd like to... Um, oh, no, I'm like going to go there. I'd like to embrace that uh, that little um, that little bone at the moment. I think that's a uh, I think it's a great one to to pull to pluck apart. Different brands and different brand managers will talk about story and have different kind of takes on on what that is. But can you can can I get you if if you can just to talk through what you think the St Kilda story is like what's the is it a hero and villain story is it a is it a magician story is it a you know the the jester the great entertainers what's the um i don't know what your what our archetype is jd i'm just thinking through it i think it's a it's a at the moment it's a it's a bit of a story of rebirth as much as anything yeah yeah yeah. um that's that's something that's definitely there in a sense that you know we we're trying to pull together an understanding of what our story is and build it with the players rather than, you know, come in, here's a story, boys. Let's impose it, you know. know, Here's your story. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely part of the story is that the fact that we've struggled for a bit of an identity for a while. Um, And, you know, we're keen to understand how we can use that um, growth of an identity to link with how we play. Yep. So, you know, I think I've talked to you with you about this a few times, a link between um, culture and strategy, yeah, and yeah. some of the, some of the great clubs have that. Yeah. You know, you, if you think of Barcelona, they have this this yeah. visible. You know, they, they play expansive football and and possession football, and and that's their philosophy and that's their culture. And you know, the, yeah. there's some quite interesting um, readings on you know the the, um, the architecture of Barcelona and how it relates to the way that that they play. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So there's this link there, and then I think if you look in our game, Sydney um, as a football club have managed to to build that. You know, the Bloods culture. There's yeah. a distinct, you know, flavour to the way they talk about themselves and the way they play, and there's the sort of congruence between those two things. And we're trying to work out what that can be for us. Um, interesting and, and build that, that. It's interesting that Sydney have managed to take that Bloods culture, which was a South Melbourne, um, like a real working class kind of, mm-hmm. you know very working class culture and transfer it into arguably the richest economy in the Southern Hemisphere mm. without losing that that sense of the bloods, like that old, you know, the red and white spirit that, they, that they've always had. Yeah, and I don't know whether, you know, it, whether it came together um, by accident um, or the, the, you know, plan to bring together that hard-edge football and, and that cultural piece. Um, definitely it was, you know, coach-driven in terms of the defensive style of, the, of Paul Ruse of, was coaching at the time, I yeah. think, um, when that grew, but it was it was heavily owned by the players too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I think any any brand would – like any any marketing business looking to, looking to help a brand succeed, that lovely link between the heritage of a, of a brand – and how that helps identify what the kind of cultural um, uh, consistency through the through the history allows you then to enunciate a story that people can buy into because there is this great sense of authenticity about about the way you tell your story. 
Yeah, and it's not it's not necessarily the way we've done things in in footy. You know, this idea of you know the coach agnostic, you know, yeah. brand that you can trust about your game. Yeah. Um, usually, usually the style of play comes and goes yeah, with, with the, the coach. coach. Yeah. Um, but I guess what we've identified is there's an opportunity to do it a little bit differently and and look at you know, what are, what are some of the successful clubs doing and how do they sustain that. Um, yep. And can you have something that you know people trust about your club that's enduring? Yeah. Um, and that's what we're trying to build out. And then, and then, how does that from a like? I guess that that then comes down to the strategy, the day, you know, the the, the year to year strategy and the day to day strategy, which will depend on context and and the and the cattle you can put on the on the ground. But is there? Are you seeing an easy link between you know this culture and behavioural? Um, posts that you're sticking in the ground you know that you that you're building a that you're building a great um uh, structure around is there any kind of link between that and and the year-to-year strategies that you employ or the days the you know the strategies on game day i think there is but it's it's influenced by a lot of things you know it's influ- i don't think we'd be going the way we were right now if we didn't have the coach we had in terms of you know rats wants to play an attacking brand of footy yeah um which is right for us too, because at the moment we can't afford not to be playing an attacking brand of footy because we need supporters to love us. We need that growth at the moment. So all these things come together. Um, It's definitely my preferred way to, you know, attack a game of footy is to, you know, take the game on too. So there's influences everywhere which come together and, you know, push us in a certain direction. And I suppose it's like, yeah, there's some happenstance to it, but there's also, you know, is that there's some, some stuff going on in the background which has got some some bones, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I can see Craig just like just just wanting to just talk about football. There, you know, live one day, you live <laughs> one, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I have, and part of that day for me is really trying to get a sense of. You mentioned involving the players in the development of the of the strategy and the story, which I think is absolutely imperative i don't think it can be something like you said where you bring in an outside group and they create it and then cascade it across the players i think if you can engage the players and help them build it the potential for ownership is is far greater and as soon as they own it they get to apply it whereas it's very difficult to take someone else's suit put it on and feel great in it yeah, I totally agree, Craig. Empowerment's one of the been the, one of the key principles we've tried to drive. Um, you know, definitely since I've been in the program. Um, you know, from this idea of you know leadership is changing in in, in footy clubs. You know, this idea that person's going to stand up and um, and take you in a direction. You know, it's more seemingly more about followership followership now, and you know, getting everyone. Connection seems more important than leadership at the moment. In a funny sense, we still need you know strong leaders on the field, yeah. but in terms of the um, you know, I think you'll get more benefit if you've got more people buying in than you will have if you have two or three you know standout leaders. Um, yeah. And we're seeing that in in footy for sure. You know, there's quite a bit of research which supports that um, in sports coaching in terms of you know creating a you know a self-determinative autonomous environment where you're giving players ownership of their their career personally but also in developing the way you play. Um, yeah, it's a big part of it. 
What about admin staff as well, Dave? Are, are we talking, when we think about culture and we think about a brand story and Secured is a, a brilliant brand to consider this, I can't imagine you or Rats not bringing everyone along for the journey. I really love Damien Hardwick's um, speech at the end of the grand final this year where he talked about the involvement of everyone within the organisation, you know, all the way from Peggy, you know, CEO, through to players, through to admin, through to boot stutters, you know, it's this cultural wave that has to have to has to cascade right across the club, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, when you talk about giving people buy-in, you know, and empowerment across the club, we had our, our property guy um, and our CEO both went on our captaincy and a leadership group this year. You know, you, you're giving you know everyone as much buy-in as you can. Um, we're fortunate that our the physical layer of our building um, is conducive to that. Where our coaching staff are on the same level as our admin staff, um, you know, big open plan. So that creates, you know, a really good connection. And, and link. obviously, this year, that's gone out the window because no yeah. one's been in Noosa. So we've got to rebuild some of that stuff. But um, yeah, definitely, it is a whole of club process. There's no doubt about that. Footy clubs tend to have. Um, you know, the five-year strategy or whatever it is. Uh, and sometimes football sits a little bit uh, removed from that. Um, it's football's part of that, but sometimes football creates its own cultural drivers. Yeah. I think the, the, the link for us to try and build those through the whole club. And, and do you think that's a, that, that seems to run against most of the traditional stories we hear about football clubs? So, you know, there, there, there is always that, that sense of, you know, the coach is God, you know, and, and you seem to be building something that's a lot more inclusive. Like there's always that sense, certainly seen from the outside, that the coach comes in and goes, right, everything's changed. You go and stand over. Like there, there seems to be a you'll do what I do. You'll do what I tell you to do. And that seems to be changing, certainly the, you know, the stories you're telling from, from St Kilda's point of view, but also what seems to be happening at um, uh, Richmond and what seems to have been happening at um, Sydney for for years and years, so yeah, I think it. I think it has changed. I think you know the, this coaches a messiah idea, um, you know, which has been around for an, any any number of years, and it still gets reinforced um, in the media heavily when when teams are successful. The coach, um, the coach gets all the credit, and then likewise, the coach cops it in the neck. <laughs> you know, that's the, yeah. that's that's the reality. Okay, um, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, um, but the you know I think that the within football clubs. There's definitely there's been a changing of that, and we, the under, we understand now that the game is so complex. You know, it's 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 a complex problem to be solved, and there's multiple ways to do it. We talk about strategy. Yeah. Strategy is about about resources, isn't it? It's about making choices to over-index in certain areas and not in others. And so, in a game of footy, there's various ways of doing that, um, but there's no one best way. You know, there's there's very little research which says. Um, Here's the numerical data-driven way to play the game of footy. It doesn't exist because it's so complex. There's a few indicators like long kicks to advantage, which have stood up for 15 years or so, but not many other stats actually point in the right direction um, because it is so complex and there's so many different ways of doing it. So the idea that one person um, can actually have all the answers is is a flawed um, yeah. you know, paradigm yeah. anyway, I think. 
yeah, Eddie, and you only have to look at half time to see, you know, the the coach. So you'll have rats. He'll take the guys off, and they'll have a group discussion. Then he'll come yeah. back and potentially talk to the forwards alongside the forward coach. You'll have the middle coach, and you'll have the backs coach. So there's no longer this just one pinnacle. It is cascaded across all of these leaders who bring different components to the party, which is so important when you think about overarching strategy, whether you're talking business or sport, to have yeah. all of those identifiable influences with their talents coming to the party to drive the success of an organization. I think that's kind of what we're, uh, what we're talking about here, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. That cohesion is absolutely fundamental. And you're right. They, people do bring different flavors. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, within the, the team, there'll be, you know, the, the back line will have its own identity for yeah. example, yeah. Um, you know, and the mids and the forwards will have, you'll be working on, on different stuff, but there is this collective piece that brings us all together, which is the overarching. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If we think, Dave, about 2021, and again, crystal ball is one of my favourite things, but thinking about how we see the Saints in 2021, what, what, what's your thought based on, you know, a year in Noosa, great stuff to come out of that. And as I said, that connectedness, I think is awesome and the cohesion that we saw on the ground. But how are we seeing that transition uh, into 2021 and what are you seeing it look like? Yeah, we're still at a period where... Um you know, we've had a good season, but that doesn't guarantee anything next year, and it doesn't for anyone. I think I think sometimes sustained success gives you a little bit of a, you know, an edge the next year. But having one good year um, doesn't guarantee anything. It sure gives us a bit of trust, though, that we're heading in the right direction. Um, we've got a really young group, yeah. uh, and and you know, we've built a lot of trust within that group in a short period of time. So there's a positive trajectory there. Um, we'll bring in some some new players. We've already brought in one in the, the free agency period in Brad Crouch. will add a lot um, to our midfield mix. So getting more talent in on top of what we've already done um, sort of tends to be you know heading in a positive tra- trajectory. There's no doubt about that. Um, we'll tweak things. There's no, we'll, we'll do things differently than we've done clubs always evolve and always change and there tends to be a little bit of a, a copy the leader type mentality so in, in terms of style of play a lot of clubs will be looking at Richmond um, and they have been for a period of time but trying to you know maybe pull some of, of their ideas and, and transfer them into their culture um, we've probably got a few different ideas that we'll try uh, we'd We've done a big. Uh, we've redone our football plan, I suppose, our master plan, and we're rolling out some new, exciting stuff in how we train and how we um, set our preseason up. So that's exciting. So there's a fair bit of work that's going on in the background right now to to give us a good a good jump. I hope. Brilliant. That's exciting. Absolutely. And um, JD, do you have a uh, have a have a parting thought question for Dave that you'd uh, you'd like to uh, to pose? I do. Well, I've got um, just uh, just. One's an observation, I guess, and one's a and one's a question. Um, I like, I do like that that idea of culture eats strategy for breakfast. You know that sense that that, that culture will always provide a, a, a really solid foundation for anything kind of moving forward. And the sense that St Kilda's building a a, a a great culture and a culture around a a you know a theme or a number of themes and I just wonder if there's anything you would you would you would bring from the experience this year I mean you say that you've like you're developing this really cohesive culture and you've got you've you've you're developing a lot of trust but I just wonder if there's anything like physically that you will be bringing or I mean 
don't tell it. It's a, if it's a club secret, don't tell us. <laughs> the, like that sense of are you going to are you going to go into lockdown for four months just in an artificial sense, just to try and recreate that again? Like, is there? Why a bit? Uh, I hope we don't. Um, <laughs> I suspect I suspect there'll be some flexibility in in next year too. Yeah. Um, in, in what we have to face, there's there's still uncertainty there. I think if anything, JD, I'll, I'll go back one step. And you said that you know culture each strategy for breakfast. I reckon, um, I reckon the two are intertwined. Yeah. And I, and I think they they've got to be in lockstep a little bit, rather than one being more important than the other. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of that's I think what makes me, that makes me so happy, Dave. Thank you very much. <laughs> it does. I love it. Um, I think that's what we've learned a little bit this year that you know that you, it's no point having thinking you're just going to have a great culture in isolation yeah. or you're going to, you know, and it's going to solve everything. Yeah. It's not. You've still got to have a good plan and, and be doing technical stuff well. A key learning for us from last year or this year that's just gone is obviously this um, staying in the moment. We don't fast forward. We put a lot of work into our mental preparation of our players, but we also found for our whole program that there were times which we thought we were going in a direction because that was the way the season looked as though it was going. And, you know, six days, five days later, we'd pivot and be going in a totally different direction. So um, really, really good learning for, for the whole club and the whole industry, I think, about staying in the moment. Um, and, you know, because you, you, it can be so anxiety-producing, um, getting too far ahead. Yeah. Uh, and, and all you're doing is looking at what's what might happen, what might happen, what might happen, and then two days later something changes, and that's all gone. Yeah. You know, and these were quite profound things. Like, you know, we were at one stage, I think we were talking about going to the Northern Territory and going to a hub there and, you know, not taking families or, you know, it might have been, um, you know, going to Western Australia or, you know, there's a whole lot of things on the table at different periods of time. None of those things ended up happening. Yeah. Um, and so it was really about um, – control what we can control let's deal with it if it happens it may it may not so let's wait and see it was really about you know it was a year of of like almost five day chunks you know yeah. let's just we've got this game in five days let's just deal with this one good way of doing it yep. um and then and then we'll move forward but that was a really strong lesson for us i thought yeah brilliant well you know what that's another edition of the bones of advertising uh very grateful to uh to have dave join us today and jd uh don't go changing we'll be back next week and neither to you and uh, uh we will see you next week and dave we will see you very soon for a uh, perhaps a non-football moment we may indeed john <laughs>